The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Good morning, Southern Arizona, and the rest of you out there in cyberspace via computer. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. ESPN Tucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. That'll get you. We're on two different stations. We're on the AM stations. We are on the FM station. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, riding shotgun with me, and my co-host, Jim Mooney, Frontier Towing. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning to everybody out there in cyberspace or wherever you're at, drinking your coffee this morning. A little little chilly out there, first thing. Uh, I'm on the radio this morning, and like I always say, it's a super safe Saturday, folks. Super safe Saturday. That means slow down and move over. Put your phones down. Don't text and drive. Don't drink and drive. If you were... If you were partaking last night in some partying or festive <laughs> events, <laughs> don't drink, don't drive anymore. Uh, no, um, uh, folks, it's uh, really important. Um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, vehicles involved with collisions and pedestrians. Uh, there was a, a police officer that was involved with a collision just this last week um, with a pedestrian. So. Um, if you're if you're walking your dog, you know wear some visible, wear some reflective colors, uh, reflective vest, flashlight, something that you can be seen. Um, do you make sure you're on the off the side of the road where you know traffic shouldn't normally run. When you're driving, you know it's super super important to keep your eyes on the road, looking for that for that straggling uh, pedestrian or bicyclists or just other cars and you you can't do that if you're looking at your phone you're i know it's you look down at it and you don't even think that you looked at it that long but it's a couple of seconds and a couple of seconds at 40 miles an hour you're moving you know almost 100 feet so super safe saturday folks yeah make sure that you um are safe out there and you know and just for the weather folks it's cold Make sure you make sure you got the proper clothes on when you go out because you don't want to you don't want to be freezing up and trying to mess with your coat while you're put your coat on while you're in the car. That's another thing. Anyways, good morning, Jerry. Yeah, uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Good morning, me on, as always. 
Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, you coming on. You always got good information. Uh, you know, we've got the uh, uh, bike uh, Tour de Tucson coming up this coming weekend, okay? And ES- ESPN, this station will be carrying it uh, for the link. I think Big Al's going to be probably on there. I don't know. I haven't heard in. Big Al should check in this morning and tell us what's going on. Hopefully he'll, uh, you know. Of course, we do have to understand that he's semi-retired also, and getting him up this early in the morning might be a little hard. (laughs) Um, But the road safety, the road safety is incredible. The road safety is incredible. There, There will be a ton of bikes coming in this weekend all week. They'll be riding the roads. They'll be checking the, the circuits and all of this. So there's going to be a more than normal uh, influx of bikes on the roads this week. It always has been. It always will be. It's beautiful. The weather's supposed to be real nice. Um, and these people are going to be out. They don't know the roads like you do. So when you drive driving on your favorite road, uh, be careful around uh, <clears throat> Old Spanish Trail, Freeman Road, uh, where there's always a lot of traffic anyway as far as the bicycles. Uh, beautiful, beautiful ride. So they are there. Uh, you're supposed to give the bikes five foot. Uh, coming down Old Spanish yesterday, there was three bicycles on the side in the bike lane for a while. And then they decided to come out and share my lane with me. One guy did. And I'm waiting on traffic coming from the other direction so that I, and I slowed down to, uh, they were climbing. So I was down to probably three, four mile an hour. And I don't mind that because it's only a temporary um, decrease in speed. And they, if you take a car or truck and compare it to a bicycle, the bicycle's going to lose. I don't care how big their ego is. It, it doesn't match metal to metal. Um, so just be patient. You know, it's just a temporary thing. You can go on by and you can look at their bikes at, two, three mile an hour, said, man, that's a nice bike, you know. I sure would hate to make it into about the same size of a credit card. And just be careful. Let them have it. You know, 99% of the bikers, I'm I'm saying 99, I don't have any facts on this, but 99% of the bikers that I have met uh, since last time, uh, only the reason I'm not saying 100%, because it's not 100%, it's maybe 98, 99 uh, they ride in their lane. They watch. They signal. They do everything right. So I'm not. I'm not looking to go out and if I've got to park that darn truck in the middle of the road to keep them from getting run over, I will. Um, because I've got more protection around me, and you've got more protection around you and your car than these guys do on a bike. That's like riding down the freeway in a motorcycle in your underwear. You're just out. You just in. You're going to be in trouble. You lose. If you're a biker, you lose. It don't make any difference whose fault it is. You lose. So just for goodness sakes, be careful. Lord, 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 just be careful. It's going to be about, what, 7,000 bikes or something out this weekend? So, And there will be a bunch of them out during the week. Trust me. That, that old well, Spanish trail is going to be busier than the son of a gun. 
and it's going to be busy you know, all around. That's a. Uh, when do they normally start setting up the traffic cones and all of that, Jim? Oh, they usually set them up on uh, uh, in the middle of the night on for a Friday or Saturday morning. They set them up. Um, they get the the guys from Trafficator mm-hmm. out there, and they they start getting the barricades set up so that so that everybody has you know so the you know that the roads are blocked off long before. But also, um, you know, Mount Lemon is is a really really popular place for for bicyclists to ride. And I can tell yes. you, I've noticed that I've I've been up and down that hill a few times the last couple of weeks, and I've noticed a, a large increase. But you know, they're 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 uh, people are training or they're you know trying to get back in there in the groove for the for this race. So if you're going to right. go up Mount Lemon, um, it's really really tight. It's it's even though the road's been widened a few years ago. Um, it's still very tight. It's uh, you know the bicyclist moving slow. He's you know he's you know, struggling to get up that hill. I I personally wouldn't want to ride up Mount Lemon. I don't know how anybody can do it. Good, kudos to you guys that can make it up Mount Lemon because I could. Um, but uh, but as you're, if you're driving, just be aware that that those are they're going to be everywhere up there. And on the down you know, when they're coming down, just the same. They're coming down. And normally they, you know, there's not a lot of, there's not five feet of road space. There's, you know, the white line and then like two inches in the edge of the dirt. So there's, there's not a lot of room up there for, to, you know, to move over. So you just kind of got to be a little patient. And plus, you know, try not to get too frustrated. They, they are moving. They are really moving coming down that mountain. Because oh, yeah, the road, it's downhill, and they are flying. So, and they, I mean, when you take a bicycle tire that on these road racing bi- bikes and stuff, what do you have, like a half inch or three-eighths of an inch of rubber on the road when you're running? How, how do you stop one of those things? Carefully. I don't. I don't get it. How do you? <laughs> yeah. Good brakes. I guess they have really good. Bra- some of those bikes have really, really good brakes on them. You know, some of them have no brakes on them. So I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't ridden like that in a, in a long time. So I'm not. I'm not an expert in bicycle, bicycle braking technology. Maybe that's what I need to look up one day. Bicycle braking technology. See how, see how it goes. Well, they got they got rotors on them now. They got rotors on them. They do have some rotors good brakes. Right. I mean, considering the bicycles probably don't weigh ten pounds, some of them eight pounds and stuff like that. Really light, really light. You put a body up on top of it, and that adds weight to it and adds speed to it. You know, it's just it's just uh, it's it's basic. Uh, you know what goes up comes down but it's slower going up than it is coming down i mean we see that when you're going uh hiking uh you get out in the canyons and you hike and you got to dig up through the canyons up through the rock piles and then you're coming back down and it's a lot easier because you've got your body weight pushing you down the rock piles and stuff like this that's when most of the accidents happen but uh, a bicycle coming down mount lemon at 50 miles an hour and a car going up Mount Lemon at 40 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour. <clears throat> if you have a collision, you take, okay, 35 and 50. That's about an 85-mile-an-hour collision. You lose. Bikers lose every time. I, I just, you know, 
And I don't like to see anybody, I don't like to see them come off the side of the mountains. Search and rescue has been called up there to get cars from over the side of the mountains and recover people out of cars and down in the canyons and stuff like that. It is not fun. It, it is something that you don't want to see, but somebody's got to do it. So that's the reason you have one of the best search and rescue teams in the country right here in Tucson, Arizona. These guys are good. They really are. Um, and let's 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 stay in with the, the little safety stuff now. Um, I, I noticed riding around uh, with the with the time changes as far as the uh, the sun coming up when the sun comes up and sun comes down. I like to collect it a little car the other morning, and I felt really really. And I'm looking for them because I know they're doing it. Turn your lights on, please. You know, it, if it's dusk or dawn, turn your lights on early. The the light bulb doesn't cost that much, and they're really let the other drivers see. And I had the same situation with this car that was coming at me, and it was on Old Spanish. And it had no lights on it. The car behind it, I seen the car behind because it had lights. You know, no problem whatsoever. I did not know that he was running behind a ghost. And that's what that thing looked. All of a sudden, there's a car in that other lane. Right, at, I'm waiting on this other guy to come in, come by me. And um, it was a car in front of him. And I did not see that car. I'm not kidding you. It couldn't have been more than 50 foot. Of course, I'm, I'm a hugging the outside of my own lane trying to, stay as close to the side as I can without hitting a bike and little bikes. Some of the uh, bicycles now have headlights on them that are so bright. They need to make sure that they're adjusted down a little further closer to the ground because they're like LEDs or something. They just shine right. And of course I see so many of them, I can identify them, but I, they're, they're just, they'll blind you. So you have to really drive defensively you don't have time to talk on a dead burn cell phone you don't have time to text on the cell phone driving during this time of year is a 100 percent job winter visitors are starting to come in and you're going to have a lot of people from uh different parts of the country in for this bike race you're going to have a lot of visitors it's a it's a huge huge ordeal next weekend but it don't start next weekend. It's already started. People coming in, getting rooms, getting used to the trail, getting acclimated to Arizona weather, and it, they do it every year. So it's already started. And so now we, as local Tucsonians, have to prepare and have to be patient, sitting there saying dirty words while you're driving because, oh, I got a, a cluster. I got a cluster of 20 or 30 bikes in front of me and they're driving partially in the road and you look at them and they're stacked all the way from the dirt on the right hand side out about halfway in your lane. Uh, just slow down, wait for an opening, go on around them. Uh, you know, uh, it, nothing's going to happen. You're going to do anything, but just try not to hit anybody just because they're riding and you've got about two foot doesn't mean that they're not going to hit a gravel with that half-inch tire on the front of that thing, and it shoot them right out in front of you. So that's that's my biggest concern. And just uh, assume the worst 
and hope for the best, and you should be all right. But don't just because you got a road sign that says, uh, you know, uh, share the road or something like that. Yeah, you share that road. You make sure you share the road. And if you have to give just a little bit more than they do, uh, then please do. Please do. Just drive courteous, drive safe, and, and try not to crash anybody because when they go down, it's normally really bad. And then it blocks everything. Here comes the emergency vehicles. And it's just, it's nasty. So I can't say enough about safety, especially at this time of the year. We do have winter visitors in. I've seen license plates from all over the country in the last week. I mean, they're already here. They're driving the best they can, but they don't know the roads. They don't know where they're going to turn until they almost get there. So assume that somebody's going to try to run over you. They're not going to do it intentionally. They're going to do it because they don't know where they're going. And just assume that it's that time of the year. You got holidays coming in. You got Thanksgiving. You got Christmas. Uh, there's going to be a lot of shoppers out. There's going to be a lot of people that don't know the roads. They don't know the city. And if you've been out lately, you'll know that the city is changing on a minute-by-minute basis. There's road construction almost everywhere. There is homes being built. There's con- uh, uh, complexes being built. Industry is being built. And it's just a busy, busy place. So just be careful and make sure that that vehicle that you're driving, the safety items on it are in working order. The lights may be the reason that guy decided to drive that uh, 2019 vehicle is because it's, uh, without lights is because his lights don't work. You're supposed to have some kind of running lights on that thing. It, it, I mean, that's the reason they got them. It's called daylights. They have the daylights, and then they have the night lights. And if you turn it on automatic, uh, you still should have daylights. And if that one little vehicle that was a it looked like a 2019 had it on had his lights turned on to automatic, then I would have seen something, and I didn't see nothing. And then the brake lights, make sure you check your lights, please. Make sure your brake lights are working correctly. Make sure your turn signals are working correctly. Use the turn signals. I know it's a, that's a different thing. You, but there's a reason that to put turn signals on a car. And if you think about it, because in the old days when they didn't have uh, turn signals and people didn't use turn signals, they used arm signals. You can't very well see an arm sticking out a window when it's dark, okay? So people would have a tendency to pump their brakes when their signals didn't work. They would pump their brakes to let you know, oh, and by the way, I'm getting ready to do something. You don't know what it is, but I'm getting ready to do something. And that's how they drove back in the country where I'm from. And, you know, uh, you've got, we're lucky. We don't have farm tractors running down the side of the road carrying equipment that covers the entire road. And, I mean, it's just a different world. But just be safe. But make sure everything on that vehicle is safety checked. Make sure that your tires are good. Make sure all your lights are working. Make sure that your car is dependable and it runs like it's supposed to. 
when you park on the side of the road, make sure when you quit, when you quit running, you're on the side of the road. Make sure you got your little emergency like uh, reflectors or or something to keep the cars off of you. Let let them know that you're in trouble. I mean, have you ever pulled up behind Frontier Towing when you're going out on the road call at night? They have so many lights on that truck, it looks like a hospital parking lot. And that's what you need in order for me to know what's going on and stay out of this wreck. Lookers, oh, gawkers, as we call them, gawkers. You go through, traffic is slowed way down, everybody's doing what? Probably 90% of them are looking at the wreck and not paying attention to the person in front of them. And the person in front of them is looking at the wreck. The guy in, in front of him is not looking at the wreck, so he's moving right along. And then that guy is looking at the wreck, slows down about 15 miles an hour, and then the one behind him is not paying attention. He's assuming that everybody's moving at the same speed. The first thing you know, you got another wreck. So, wreck, you know, if somebody's going to look, you know, if somebody's in the vehicle with them, with you, tell them, okay, you look at the wreck, I'll drive. You can tell me what's going on with the wreck, and I'll drive. But somebody needs to be driving that car 100%, not 50%. So, just be safe. Be safe. That time of the year, that time of the year. You got anything, Mr. I've seen it all out on the road? Um, um, that would be you, Jim. Yeah, that would be me. So, um, you know, you talk about the lights, turning your lights on. You know, quick a quick thing, you know, people jump in their car, they fire it up, they, you're drinking coffee, or if you're going to go to Starbucks and buy your coffee, whatever. Jump in the car, you throw it in gear, and you, t- and you take off, right? You don't really think too much. If if the little tire pressure light comes on, you, 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 you notice it, and then you stop to try and put air but if your if your lights aren't working um you're, you're not gonna you don't really notice it until until unless they're completely off and it's completely black if you're driving down the road with street lights it's sometimes really challenging really tough to know that your your lights are off but what you can do is when if you stop and this is just a real simple thing do it probably every at least once a week pull the gas when you pull in the gas station and get gas um, you're going to wash your windows anyways, right? You're going to, well, hopefully you're going to wash your windows. Wash your windows. Wash the dust off of them while, you, while you're waiting there for the gas to fill up. Turn your lights on. Turn your flashers on. Walk around the car and look at them. Real simple. Then, you, then you'll know if something's not working, especially a turn signal that, that may be flashing quick. You might see which one it is. Um, the headlights, you can see, you know, if you... Roll the window down, reach in, turn around the brights, turn on the dims, turn on your running lights, turn on the fog lights, whatever. Make sure that they're on. It takes literally, what, 15 seconds to walk around the vehicle to see that everything's on, and you'll know. And and then what you really find is if you do this, is that 90% of the time, the one on the top, the third light is out. Why? Because it burns out and nobody ever looks at it. If you look at your third brake light, it's always Unless it's LED, they they have a tendency to burn out frequently, so, so the light bulb is always out. That's a real simple thing to do. Now, of course, today's world, the guy's going to say, "Well, I drive electric and I don't go to the gas station." Aha! You go to the charging station, either at home or someplace else. 
plug in your car, do the same thing. Turn on your lights and walk around it because you're going to basically be fueling up. Now, mind you, you could be there for a lot longer. So you get a lot more time to walk around your car, inspect the car for, while you're sitting there, you know, get to inspect the car for damage to the tires, you know, tire condition, tire wear, you know, while you're waiting for your car to charge, you got <laughs> probably 20 or 30 minutes that you can wash the windows and, and pick up the debris off the floor and all kinds of stuff. You can, I mean, you could, you can do all kinds of things in your car while it's charging. Clean up the dash. I mean, you can detail that thing in the, in the time it's going to take you to charge that car. So do so. It's okay. That car will be clean now. Pick up the pick up all the cups and throw everything out and you know, check check for any loose parts or anything that you might didn't notice before. Just do a quick walk around. It it don't take very long. And if you're gonna be there you're gonna be there for twenty minutes anyways, or even two minutes filling your gas tank, you know, do a quick walk around. Make sure that stuff isn't falling off or you know, tires aren't looking bad or going flat or wheels that are cracked or broken, any of that stuff. All that stuff can be done real easy in the time frame it takes you to put gas in your car. And it just, it, like I say, it takes two minutes. So, yeah, Other you than that... Just, you um, can go around and look. Debris inside the car. Debris inside the car. That is something that I don't think we've ever discussed. When you have debris inside of a car, uh, you know, I've seen cars that have so much stuff in them that we couldn't even hardly get in them to move them around to work on them. <laughs> and when you have debris in a car, and if it's stacked up high enough where you can't see out the back window, uh, that's an issue. But when you get into a crash or an emergency stop, and that debris that you have back in the back, the bottles, the cans, and all of this, is not locked down. They move. They come right to the front. Everything stops except for all the debris that's being carried in your car. And if the, the collision don't get you, the collision coming out of the back end of the car, out of the back seat, and out of the windows and everything else can do some serious damage. So, uh, And you don't need to haul all that stuff around anyway because if you want fuel economy, you're supposed to lighten the load. But if you keep it clean, you can see, and you don't have it all flying around when you get into a wreck. So that's that's something that I don't think we've ever even mentioned. And uh, it's just... That is that is really a safety issue because if it comes up to the front, as soon as you hit your brakes and everything transfers, if you've got a lot of stuff in the front seat and everything slides down, it can impede your ability to actually compress the brakes because it'll slide up and under the pedal assemblies. It'll slide up and under the accelerator. It'll slide on top of the accelerator. There's just too many options that the debris has because it's just an it, it it has no there's no way to monitor what's falling and if you look away to see where it went that's just that's worse so you know keep your car cleared on the inside you don't need things flying around coming to you um, it's just the cups of coffee that you're using that you have sitting in a little cup holder or the 32-ounce cup of iced tea, glass of iced tea, cup of iced tea, whatever you want to call it, sitting inside your cup holder. And it's only being held by about two inches on the bottom. And it's that thing is going to turn upside down. It's going to go forward. It'll go to your floorboards, hopefully. It can go down your uh, in your top of your shoes. Uh, it can go anywhere. 
But if it crashes, if it leaves your foot during an emergency, leave it. Don't worry about it. If your foot's wet, you can always clean it. If the floor's wet, you can always clean it. But don't try to reach over and pick it up. It's rolling around on the passenger side. You're driving a vehicle. Do not go away from the road to go get something rolling around on the passenger side and the floorboard. So that's called distractive driving, and it'll get you in trouble in a second. So, and then you'll be calling Frontier Towing to come and get you because you, they'll have to pick up the pieces of the car, and that's gross. It is a holiday season. You've got a lot of families coming in. Go ahead, Jim. It, it, it is. It is. It is debris of the car, folks. I've towed a lot of cars in my in my career. And I can tell you, I have seen all kinds of stuff in vehicles. I, there probably isn't anything you can't name that I haven't seen in a car, okay? I I could probably do 20 minutes on stuffing cars. I, it, it is amazing what people have in their cars. I have seen them literally where the only spot in the car to sit is the driver's seat. Now, I know this is really hard to comprehend, but imagine you're sitting in your car and around you to the level of the windows is full with McDonald's wrappers, Burger King wrappers, plastic bags, Coke cans, cups, just garbage everywhere. Imagine it. Floorboard, over the passenger seat, in the back seat, literally completely around you. Blocks, wood blocks, concrete blocks, steel pieces, rebar, you know, TVs, microwaves, <laughs> Xboxes. There's a, shoes. I can't even. If we, well, there's a whole sec- segment on on clothes, shoes, you know, <laughs> kitchen appliances, forks, knives, <laughs> spoons, all that stuff. I have seen it all in cars and. And when Jerry says it's bad to pick up, we put – there are some cars we put seat protectors down. Not to protect the car, to protect us. They're so bad. I mean, you, you open the door, and the car – it looks like the car had a gray interior, but the seat's black. I mean, literally, as black as the asphalt. You cannot tell. That's how bad they are. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but some cars are that way. That's people just that's how people treat their cars. Okay, that's fine if you want to live that way. I personally do not. So when he's talking about stuff come flying at your head, yes, I have seen <laughs> I have seen the microwave stuck in the windshield that came from the back seat all the way forward from the crash. Over the drivers, over the console, over the dashboard, and stuck in the windshield. Because it was, you know, the guy was driving. Whatever happened, somebody stopped in front of him. He wasn't paying attention. The stuff comes rolling forward and stuck in the middle, <laughs> right in the windshield. Absolutely. You know, now, I don't know if it, if it, you know, it's it's comical to hear, but it's it's incredibly important to know that that kind of stuff. When you stop, when you're moving down the road, you and your vehicle, when all the stuff inside of it is moving the speed you're moving. So, for example, if you're driving 40 miles an hour, everything in your car is moving 40 miles an hour. When your car stops, 
you continue to move at 40 miles an hour, just like all the stuff in your car. Now, if you're wearing a seatbelt, you know, you are restrained, and even new seatbelts restrain you even better, surprisingly. Um, and so you stop with the car. But your debris, it's not bolted down, because we don't ever bolt our stuff. We don't secure our stuff in our cars. We do maybe in the back of our pickup trucks, but in the cars, it doesn't. It just it goes. It just keeps going. Um, we did one last week. That the guy was hauling. Uh, it was a one-ton Ford truck and a fifth-wheel trailer. He stopped. He got. He rear-ended a semi truck, um, and then a semi truck rear-ended his fifth-wheel trailer. The fifth-wheel trailer ended up in the back of the pickup truck. A crew cab. F three fifty truck and the back of uh, the front of the of the trailer is in the back seat of of the truck. If you've been in the back seat, you'd have been hurt. Jesus. Luckily, there was nobody back there. But that the hitch sheared right off. All the stuff that he had, there was he had three generators, all in the back seat, in the back seat of the truck. Well, luckily, nobody was hurt. You know, of some pride, but. Uh, that stuff when you're when you're moving around, it does not care. It just flies around with you. So lock that stuff and put it in the trunk. Take it out. You know you don't need fifteen Starbucks cups in your car. I mean there ain't enough. There ain't enough times you can fill that refill that thing. You know, pick that stuff up, throw it in the trash. It'll, it'll be okay. Uh, but it's really really critical that that stuff isn't lying around for you. To, to have come flying at you because it's it it is really a really interesting um uh really interesting to see how how stuff li- lies in a car and and how it how it moves during a during a crash so and even at a hard braking like Jerry said hard braking it'll roll over you know the, the couple roll over onto the seat or onto the floor and yeah that floor is going to be sticky it's it's going to be bad open sea Open see Javier with the uh, Ina Road Collision, Spectrum Ina Road Collision. He'll, he'll get it cleaned up for you. He understands how to get that done. That's He's true. fully aware of all the stuff that's ever been spilled on the floor. <laughs> He's probably seen more if you look, stuff on the floor than I ever have. It, yeah. Go ahead, if you look uh, at, the, uh, there's a lot of construction going on right now. And while driving down um, golf links here a few years ago, there was a, a commercial truck, and it was a welding truck, and it had rebar up on top of it. And I don't know what they were working on. All I know is I, I look, and I didn't. I seen the big length of rebar up there, but I didn't see any tie-downs on it. And I thought, uh, that's not good. About the same time I said or thought, that's not good, here come a piece of rebar off the top of that rack that was probably about six foot long. It hit the road. It went up in the air, and I'm going, oh, my God. I drove under that. It come down behind me, and I looked in the rearview mirror, and when it hit, it actually hit flat so that the vehicle behind me ran over it, but it was laying flat in the road instead of coming down like a projectile the way it actually come off of the back of that truck. Ladders move around these construction trucks that have all of the, these racks on the top. 99, well, it just almost everybody has them secured. But 
and he was driving forward, and the rebar come out from behind, and when it it come out, slid that it endwise, and when the road caught it, it shot it up in the air, and I actually drove under that rebar, and it was not the little three h rebar; it looked like a one inch piece of rebar, and it was just very scary. So, you know, I kind of took that off my bucket list and told myself, self, next time you see these trucks, you better continue to watch for the unexpected because they are really dangerous. Keep in mind, that load up top, they keep it from the wind blowing it off. They're secured pretty good. Some of them have actual screen um, <clears throat> screen catch fronts. So that if they do hit the brakes hard, it don't slide off the front. I've seen them. I've seen trucks parked on the side of the road and half the load laying on the hood where it'd come off. <clears throat> I don't know what caused it. I got a pretty good idea. But um, this this stuff happens. And when they come off of a truck, round pipes, uh, it's one, you can have a plastic piece pipe come off the top of the truck and scare the devil out of it. Plastic is not near as bad as rebar, but it'll scare you. When it scares you, you make a move. How about the guy behind you? Does he know what kind of move you're making and why? And so it's driving's a full-time job. It's not a part-time job, you know. Uh, texting is also takes you away from it. Uh, talking on the cell phone, you know, we have hands-off uh, apparatuses now where we can we can talk. Uh, I prefer not to talk while I'm driving now. I've I've just seen too much. You know, it's really cool when the phones first come out, and you could do that. But I found out that it's a heck of a lot safer and not near as scary. If you want to talk on that cell phone, pull off in the middle of a, a grocery store parking lot or. Uh, get off the main roads. Get out of the middle of the traffic. Park someplace where you got to pull off. Get off the road, and then you can talk. And the average response time on a text message: somebody sends you a text, they don't know you're driving. So if somebody sends you a text, you get a text on your phone, stuff like that. That don't mean that you have to answer it right there. That just means that you've got a text, and when you get to a place you can pull off, pull off. And then if you want to answer the text, answer the text. When you're out of traffic, out of the main artery, uh, and answer the text. But you've got the average response time is 13 minutes. So in 13 minutes, you can drive halfway across Tucson. Well, except for all the lights. But um, I see people parked at a light. I, every day, I see people parked at a light. The line will take off. There will be one person sitting in that line of 10 cars. That'll be about halfway up, and all of a sudden, you're sitting there, and you're watching the light, and you're watching this car in front of it. Well, I'm the guy that says, well, maybe his vehicle stopped, and it's not running now. And then, all of a sudden, it'll take off. You know, they'll see what, oh, my gosh, and so they hit the accelerator. And I'm going, well, that's texting. That's that's an obvious. So uh, I just, just you got to, this time of the year, you can't. You don't really need to be texting and driving any time of the year. If you're going to text and drive, you need to do it in the middle of a football field where you got four walls on it, and you don't care if you destroy your car. Jim Click Ford put on a driving clinic out here at the DPS uh, grounds, and he had professional drivers come in with all these Mustangs. I sent my granddaughter to it. 
when she was 15 years old. She went in and she was driving the cars. I mean, of course, driving the cars is the coolest thing in the world. Well, one, she couldn't drive a car. So she was in this car. And as part of it, they made them text their mom. They had phones. They made them text their mom while they were driving with a driver on a road course that had the cone set up. To this day, my granddaughter does not text while she's driving. She said, you can't do it and drive. And she was only 15 at that time. Now she's 24, 25, 25, I think. But she still doesn't text because she'll tell you, you can't do it. I have seen it. I've seen people, they, they run. She said, they had me texting, and I run over every cone the entire time I was texting, trying to get that out. And she's one of those that runs a text like a machine gun. And she's got the text done. She says, you can't do it. You just absolutely can't do it. So I, I just, if, boy, if you ever get one of these uh, sponsored uh, driving courses like Jim Click actually sponsored and brought Ford Motor Company in Tucson to do, take them. You got teenagers, take them to it, let them drive it. And those professional drivers that are in that vehicle, they'll keep them safe. They'll, they, they, they know what to do. But I mean, it's just amazing what that little one day event did for my granddaughter. Excellent driver, just pays it. She drives a hundred percent, just drives a hundred percent, drives a lot, but drives a hundred percent. And I just, I think everybody ought to have the ability or if somebody put one of those things on, it'd actually be good for people to go and just, and try to do it when you've got, I mean, they say, okay, I want you to text your mom and mom's out there. And my daughter said, I could tell when she was texting before it ever come in because she started hitting cones and everything else. So you know, it's, it's nasty. It's nasty. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, thanks to Jim Click for bringing that in. And that's been a bunch of years, but boy, was that a mind sticker. Uh, keep in mind also, now we see a lot of construction vehicles that's come through the shop over the last 48 years. And the you see these vans and stuff. Plumbers have them. Everybody has them, really. Everybody wants to haul and working or do-it-yourselfers or handyman and all of these. They'll have these vans. And inside the van, if you look in the back of these vans, you'll see all of this equipment, which is perfect if you're working on a house or a door or something like that. You have all your equipment in there. I've seen them to where there's nothing between their compressors, their little welders, uh, the oxygen tanks, and uh, the uh, cutting torch tanks that are sitting in the back. And they'll, be, they'll lay them down because they will roll. So they lay them down. But there's nothing between the driver and their equipment. And I'm thinking, my God, if they hit the, and I tell them, you need to put a cage up in the front to catch all this mess when it comes forward, because that is not what you want to do. So, and this is to the people that do it, and I know you do it, put something up front to keep this stuff off the top of your head and your body, because when that uh, oxygen tank comes loose or, or, or a welder 
or a compressor that's in the back comes forward, it's going to take your butt out because you're going to be stopped and it's going to be moving. You, It will absolutely, if it don't kill you, it'll maim you up to the problem, uh, to the point that you won't be able to work. So seeing this, seeing it more than one time, and then most of your commercial things, like uh, if you look inside of a UPS truck or a delivery truck from Amazon, you're going to see a cage up front. And it's a cage that is stout enough to catch something that's moving at about 60 miles an hour because when you stop from 60, the load doesn't stop. And they also have tracks in the floor now that they have everything locked in. And so it's come a long ways, but there's still a lot of people that think, okay, I'm going to get a van, I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to do landscaping. So you get your lawnmowers and your cutters and your weed eaters and everything, and you put hang them up on little beautiful racks in the back of the van. But the thing that you haven't done is put that front guard in so that if something happens, that equipment don't beat you to death literally while you're driving this vehicle or sitting in the front stopped. And then here comes all of this crap out of the back of it. And these are work tools. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not the empty cups and garbage and stuff like that. They're actually work tools. But if you get a, um, an adjustable wrench, that's laying in the floor in the back of one of these vans. So, okay, well, there's a case right here that you're supposed to put this in, but I'll just, I'm really tired right now, so I'll just lay it down on the floor. And you don't have a net in the front or a metal, metal retainer to keep that stuff in the back. I'm going to tell you what that adjustable wrench is going to do to your head. It's going to try to take it off. And if you've never dropped a wrench while you're on the ladder, above your head and it come down and hit you on top of the head, uh, you won't know what I'm talking about. But trust me, it hurts. And it will it'll rock your world. So and it's just a it's a moving object. So if you'll just keep keep it organized, keep it uh and and look prepare for the worst and hope for the best. What happens if I'm in an accident? Is all of this stuff in this side of this car, is it going to pile on top of me or is it going to stay where it's supposed to? When you're taking uh, these little, uh, let's say you're taking a trip and you have your little toolbox, your little hand toolbox that weighs about eh, probably 15 to 25 pounds, and you think, okay, well, I'll set it on the back uh, back seat. I'll just set it in the back seat. I'll put it on a towel and set it in the back seat. Okay? Hit your brakes. Lock it down. See where that toolbox is when you get through if you're lucky enough to see it. But that little 25-pound toolbox or 15-pound toolbox that all of a sudden you stop and it don't can do a lot of damage, a lot of damage. And if it don't get you, it's going to tear up your dash. It's going to tear up your seats. It's, It's just not the place to do it. So if you're carrying a toolbox... And it's a 25-pounder. Put it in the, in the back of your car, in the trunk, because it's got a little bit of uh, uh, room to slide there before it comes. It's got to go through the back fire, the back wall of the trunk before it can get to the back seat. And the back seat's going to keep hanging on to it. So you, you're pretty safe that way. But uh, if you – and another thing, if you get in a rollover, Jim will tell you this. You get in a rollover with all that stuff in there, 
It is a mess. You can't mess it up. You can't intentionally mess it up the way that that rollover is going to do that because you think, oh, I didn't. I got it anchored so it won't slide forward. Uh, you know, I got it blocked in there so it can't move forward. But if you roll it over, all the rules change. So if you're running equipment, you have equipment in that thing, make sure it's locked down. I've seen some trucks out there, construction trucks, that I'm going to tell you, they can take a direct rollover and nothing's going to move except the drink cup they got in the cup holder. And that's the way it's supposed to be. These guys are prepared. They don't have the problem. The other little issue that I've seen with construction outfits and, and, and people in general, but mostly construction, is they'll buy a case of nails or a case of sheetrock screws. They'll set it on the back end of a flatbed. And it, over the roads, not that we have rough roads in Tucson, but it'll bounce out and it'll come out of the back of the truck like it did on the Tanker Verde Bridge one time. There was cars lined up on the side of the road just past that where these nails had come out and punctured tires, flat tires all over the place. And the guy driving the truck had no idea. He probably still doesn't know that. Well, I'm sure that when he got to where he was going and started looking for his nails, he figured out, uh oh, but by then it's too late. So anything can happen. It does happen. A lot of construction going on in Tucson. So you have to really pay attention. But for the do it yourselfers, the gardeners, the landscape people that are in business with these little vans, just remember that equipment you've got in the back of the truck, if you haven't figured it out already, can get you if you come to a, a, a stop, a, a quick stop. I knew a guy that was a plumber that had a, had a van that he worked all of his stuff in it. And he did have the cage that he built up front. And he has stopped a lot, and he's emergency stop. He's been in business a long time. And he said the reason he put it in there is because of the emergency stopped, and the only thing it didn't stop was about half his load in the back of it. And plumbing trucks are very heavy. I haven't met one yet. They use a half-ton van. They got a two tons worth of stuff in the back end of it, and that stuff moves around. The other thing on the commercial guys and the commercial vans, uh, this same guy, by the way, was asked to say, I got a pot in the right front of this vehicle. And I said, sound like you got a, a bad ball joint. And I said, that you need to get checked out because with the load that you're carrying, if that thing breaks, uh, you're going to be in a mess. Well, about uh, I seen him again about three weeks, four weeks, something like that. And he just said, well, uh, I didn't have time to take it in to get that ball joint done, and it was the upper ball joint on the right side. Now, I was driving down 22nd Street. I made a turn and accelerated out. Something popped, and I thought, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> well, it was. His ball joint come out of the upper A-frame, and it dropped it on the side of the road. Thank goodness is in the right-hand lane on 22nd Street, just past Swan, headed west. And it dropped the whole front end of that van down in the road. So, you know, when when you think you have a problem and you use a commercial vehicle on the outside and the new construction areas, there's all sorts of different things that's going to happen. One, you're going to pick up a lot of dirt that's got to be filtered out the car and through the engine system. 
You're going to run across rough roads. You're going to run across stuff, nails, screws, uh, bumps. And if you've got a weak suspension component and it hits a hard hole that's in a construction site or, a, you know, one of our little potholes we have in Tucson, it can take that, that weak suspension component and break it out of there, and then you're left sitting inside of the road. Of course, that's bad for you, but it's good for Frontier Towing because they get to come out and get you. If you haven't run over somebody else when the thing come apart and you had no ability to steer it, keep it off of someone. So it's not quite as simple as we would think because a lot of times, we, since we've never experienced it, we, we don't really watch for it. But I'm here to tell you that after being in the garage industry for 48 years, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that appears to be safe that isn't safe. It's safe as long as you're driving 15 mile an hour, you're by yourself, you're on an outside road out in the boondock somewhere or another, and then if it comes apart, well, big deal, it'll drop it down, you're not doing any speed, so it's easy to stop, but it's still... Until you think what happened if it had come apart on 22nd Street or one of these other streets or in the middle of the heavy traffic at uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. So it's that's what else would you like to add on that, Jim? Well, a, you were talking about the rollovers. Did Stuff you go to sleep? Rollover. No, no, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm up and rolling. You're, you're doing a great job. Uh, you were talking about the rollovers, Uh-oh. and um, um, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I just couldn't figure out if it was him or me. Anyway, so uh, he, Jerry was talking about rollovers, and um, so when your vehicle, if you're in a in a rollover accident, um, it's not just about the stuff that's you know kind of in your car, because that stuff comes out of your car, and is pretty much littered all over everywhere. We call it the debris field. So you're, as your car rolls, if if you're belted in, you stay in. If you're not belted in, you come out of the window, amazingly enough, and become part of the debris field. And all your stuff is laying outside the car, too. So I know he talks about how stuff uh, stuff nailed down doesn't move, but uh, when, you start, when you start rolling a vehicle over, the dynamics changed immensely the structure changes metal crunches crumples um welds break um the vehicle becomes basically just a a rolling mixer and stuff flies everywhere everywhere all the time and it's all over the place and you and all the stuff that you might have thought you wanted is now out in the middle of the road someplace it's either wrecked broken or lost there is a ton of stuff that gets thrown out in the desert that you can't find. I I know it doesn't seem like it would go very far, but sometimes it goes a long ways. We see wheels wheels that come off vehicles that go a quarter of a mile away, and you just you know you can't find them. You search forever to find them. The um, as far as um, uh, screws on the side of the road, <laughs> that's uh, you know. A tow man's dream sometimes, but not really. I don't like seeing that. But also um, paint. Paint out of the back of trucks is really, really common. We'll, you know, we'll get to a, a crash site where you know, a five-gallon bucket will roll out. It lands on the ground. It's 
you'll, you'll see it, you know, that big white spot in the middle of the road. Well, the car coming along, you know, hits that uh, big puddle of paint and look out. Good night, Irene. It's, you're gone because you're sliding all over the place. It's way worse than water. It just doesn't dry. You just keep rolling and rolling and rolling till, till, till you crash into something. So securement of objects in the back of a truck is a really, really important um Really important. This is like securement in in in, in your vehicle. Hey, welcome back, Jerry. So I have no idea going. how long I've been off. I oh, was just talking long. and talking and nothing was going. But <laughs> I'm back and I under- Huh? We heard you. We heard you. And uh, but uh, but you're back now, so we're good. Good, good. Well, we're just about out of time for the first hour, so. Uh, that that's good, but we've covered about uh, everything that I can think of, and I'm sure you covered what I didn't cover while I was uh, taking a high eight trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> so I love cell phones. I love cell phones. I've got some of the best oh, equipment the best. that you can have to do this thing, and it just still, it'll just decide it's not going to work, and then it's just a piece of electronic equipment, so it's the way it is. Uh, so you're telling me but the we're cell down phone to, is just like a car. Yeah, you're you're, you're telling you're telling me the the cell phone is just like a car. It works most of the time, but when it doesn't work, boy, look out. Well, you you know the thing is, you could be talking, and then I'll look down, and I still show that I'm connected, and yet when I try to get a hold of somebody like you or the producer, uh, it's not it's not talking. So I just hang up and go to another line, call in. You know, it's not like it's the first time it's ever happened, but uh, I just wanted to make sure that uh, at this time of the year, when you have families coming from out of state, you have people coming for all the holiday seasons that you do everything that you can just 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 do like jim says make it a super safe holiday season do everything that you can to keep from uh creating uh you know it nobody likes to have a, a death in the family in the holiday season especially when they're in tucson and they live in michigan but uh uh, so we're just asking that everybody drive, be patient, uh, anticipate the worst, and hope for the best, and then you should be good to go. But driving is a full-time operation. All right, we got about 30 seconds to the end of this first hour, 719-1490 is a phone number down here. Give us a call in the second hour. I do have a lot more stuff to go through. Spectre Minor Road Auto Collision, 744-4454 would be the place you want to go if you have an issue with your car body or a crash or anything like that. They'll take it up, just 520-744-4454.